How's everybody doing tonight? Um, who was here last week? Okay, who was not here last week? Okay, from those of you with the hands up right now, who has never meditated before? Okay. So I'll give just a little bit of a kind of basic background as to what's going on. Um, usually I'll talk for a little bit and then we'll meditate for the, the remainder. So my name is Seth, for those of you that don't know. Um, this is my second class here, um, but I've been doing this for a long time. I'm from Andover originally, and I lived in a Buddhist monastery for eight years in Germany, so I was a fully ordained monk with the robe and the haircut and everything. Um, I tried growing my hair back, but then I found out that I actually got bald while I was away, so <laughs> then I realized maybe just keeping it short is fine, you know, no, no problem. Uh, yeah, so meditation. I really like that um, so many people are here for this class and that meditation has become a, a thing culturally. That there's a lot of people talking about mindfulness and meditation. And I think it's really because so many people are just constantly living with the opposite of mindfulness and meditation. So many people are living in ways that are very busy, um, very fast, very, yeah, I would say maybe not so awake or aware of what they're doing and why and what effects it's creating for themselves or for those around them. Um, as I was pulling in here, I saw the logo of Miami Fitness above the building and it says, it's like, turn your life on, I think it is. Oh. Turn on your life. Yeah. <laughs> it's close. And I was thinking, you know, what does that mean? What does that mean to turn on your life? You know, what does that actually mean? And I kind of, you know, reflected about that a little bit just as I was kind of walking up and sitting down. And it really feels to me like there's this element of kind of having to make a decision for yourself. There's an element of kind of taking an active, empowered role in your life, in what's going on. It also implies directly that people often don't have their lives turned on. Because why would we need a whole place to turn on our life if that's kind of the normal operation of everybody? So it's kind of already implying that usually our lives are not turned on. And if you look at the world that we live in, if you unfortunately ever have to like watch news programs for any extended amount of time or even see you know what's going on in Facebook or the papers or just yeah what's going on in the world right now um, you know there's a lot of noise there's a lot of I would say conflict going on which is nothing new in this world if you really look historically uh, we've been fighting you know if, if you're a Bible person you had Adam and Eve and then Cain and Abel and then Cain killed Abel, so, you know, when the population was four people, a quarter of the world killed another quarter of the world. Um, and it's kind of just part of our nature in a way. It's just this conflict. And it's, it's always been there, and it will always be there, and it's there now. Um, but it's not so often that you'll turn on the TV and you'll see the good things that are happening in the world. Um, I teach meditation in schools and also for educators. 
And I've led some educators retreats in North Andover, actually, with teachers from Andover and teachers from other schools. And I, you know, wrote to the Andover townsmen and I said, hey, I'm doing a meditation and mindfulness weekend for a, the whole faculty of one of your middle schools. You know, do you want to do a story of that? Is that interesting? And they weren't interested. And these really kind of amazing, groundbreaking movements that are happening in our society are not being televised. They're not being promoted. They're not being put out there. Um, after I left the monastery, I traveled for two years through India and Australia. And I met, you know, young people from all over the world. And I was really inspired to realize that they were all speaking the same language. Um, wherever they were from, if they were from Israel, if they were from Russia, if they were from South America, South Africa, some other places in the U.S., they all were talking about the same kinds of things, the same, the same themes. Um, they had the same understanding of what's going on in the world and what's needed in the world. And a lot of them were doing good work in the world. They were helping kids. They were helping society and communities and working on new electricity kind of options and different ways to really break out of the, the kind of systems and cycles that we've been in for a long time that are not necessarily that good for us. And I just recently read the, the new Wired magazine came out and it was a whole story about Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and how, you know, a lot of the former owners of Facebook kind of, you know, abandoned ship and they're coming forward in the media and they're saying, like, we created a monster. They said, we're kind of creating this thing where people are getting addicted to the dopamine hits of getting likes and um, now there's foreign governments using it as tools to kind of hurt our democracy and things. And when we talk about having our life not turned on, it's because so many of the messages that we're getting, so many of the influences that are coming into our lives, the foods that we're eating, the things that we see on billboards, these are often put forward by people that are just trying to profit from us, that don't necessarily have our best interests in mind. So the, the general thrust of a lot of our culture it's not one that's really awoken. It's not one that's moving in a direction that's beneficial or helpful for us. Um, we have to really actively make that decision and that shift ourselves. And I think that slowly we're building up critical masses in certain ways, just the fact that there's yoga studios in almost every town in America now, I would say. The fact that there's Whole Foods markets all around that, that you know, it's not supply and demand, it's now people are demanding better options in life and then they're starting to get supplied. So we collectively are starting to say this is what we want. The kids down in Florida demanding a change for gun laws, yeah? That the people are starting to rise up in different little ways in different pockets and say we want a better life. We want, this, we want to turn this life back on. We don't want to just be asleep and do whatever the people that are, you know, feeding us sugar and giving us commercials and telling us that there's war and be afraid and go, we're not interested in that anymore. We're trying to do something new. But unfortunately, there's still a lot of programming in us from that and other things. And there's still just a very big cultural push towards being busy, being distracted, um, getting lost in, in entertainment or in alcohol or in different things. 
um, fighting with people, with each other, thinking that we are not good enough, right? All these messages against ourselves that we have as well. So when we start to turn our life back on, when we start to wake up, it starts to feel a little bit like we're swimming upstream because we're kind of going against the force of our culture. We go against the force of how we used to be as well in a lot of ways. And it slowly kind of takes time to build up a new momentum in the direction that we want to go. Um, I know for myself, every New Year's I make this resolution to go to the gym uh, every day and it lasts for about two days and then I stop and, and that happens pretty much every year without fail that I make these new resolutions. This year I'm really going to do it and after a couple of days it just dies because there's so much momentum against it that I have not yet found the, the power to, to do it for myself. But actually I started to realize that's just another form of self-judgment and instead of saying I need to do or I should do, I just said I'm going to start going to the gym when it feels good to me. And that was kind of my way to make peace with it. Yeah. But when we sit down here to meditate like we're going to do in, in a couple minutes and we're going to sit and we're going to relax and we're going to close our eyes and we're going to breathe and we're going to just try to let the mind settle and we're going to just, you know, allow ourselves just to be, you're going to start watching your mind kicking back into gear. Even though you're saying to your mind, we're going to stop and we're going to relax, your mind's going to say, yeah, but what about your taxes? But what about your shopping? What about the groceries? What about that problem you have back home? What about that thing in your workplace? What about that thing that person did to you when you were 10 years old? What about the fact that where are you going to be next year? How's your health doing, by the way? that all of these voices, all of these different pulls and pushes are going to come up and they're going to try to rip us out of that, get us thinking with it. Yeah, and we're going to see that, that we're actually going against the stream by trying to stop. Because all we've known our whole life is movement. All we've known our whole life is that force, that momentum, that, that karma. Karma, right? It's like we, we do something and it creates a wake behind it and it acts as a momentum that keeps pushing forward. So actually when you sit to meditate and you close your eyes and you relax, you're facing your karma. You're facing all the parts of your own life that you haven't resolved. Yeah, all those things you haven't resolved are going to start popping up. You're going to come up against your own expectations of yourself that I want to relax but I don't have a relaxed mind. What's going on? You're going to come up against all of your self-doubt, your self-judgment. You're going to come up against all of the emotions that arise when you don't get what you want right away. You're going to get frustrations. You get upset. Um, there's all these kinds of things that come up in us. And it's amazing because all we want to do is relax. And yet we often get the opposite. So it's important to know, and I think in this class it's not going to be that bad. You know, I've done long-term retreats where you're sitting for like 10 hours a day and stuff, and so you're really just sitting with your mind. And you go a little nuts, as you can imagine, right? Um, it's, it's a lot. We are a lot. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Um, so it's kind of just learning to work with that. And slowly also learning, how do I relate to myself? And how do I change that relationship to myself? And how do I slowly start course correcting in the right way? 
And when I say the right way, it's because a lot of people who are first-time meditators, when they come and they sit with me, they sit and they try to meditate, they try to focus, they try to stop thinking, they try to come down. They're trying, 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 and then they get exhausted. Because meditation is supposed to be about relaxation, but they feel like it's just work. They're just working and working and working. Right? So that's the wrong way. Right? Trying, trying, trying. That's the wrong way. It's effort, energy, exhausting. Right? So something called the right way would be that if we sit here, we start to relax, and then we start thinking, the mind will get caught up all by itself, and then the mind's going to return all by itself. And when the mind returns, instead of judging ourselves, instead of pushing ourselves, trying to hold on to that present moment to stay focused, in that moment, we just relax again. And we'll breathe, and it'll feel okay to sit here, and then we're gonna, we'll get lost in thought again, and we're going to come back. And every time you come back, you're going to just continue relaxing, continue breathing. You're going to start creating a new experience that the present moment is okay. The present moment is safe. The present moment is actually pleasurable. It's nice. Yeah, the definition of stress is being at war with the present moment. If you have stress of any kind, it's because there's something in the present moment that you don't want there. Always, always, always. So when we start making peace with the present moment, and that includes our thoughts, our feelings, the pain in our leg or our back or the coldness of the floor or something, when we start making peace with our experience, the mind starts to be able just to stay here by itself, becomes sustainable. It doesn't take any effort. We start to really just enjoy being here, being present with whatever is happening. And then this starts to build like a muscle. This is like a muscle. It's a training. And when we leave this room, that training, that presence remains with us. And we can start to build that into our daily lives. And it's good to keep coming back to this room to train. And then you go back into your daily lives to implement. And I guess you could imagine it like a, a kung fu fighter who maybe lived back in like, you know, feudal China or Japan or something that that they practice fighting in, you know, the, the temples and they learn and they're practicing the punches and the kicks, you know, and then they go outside and then that's when they have to put that stuff into practice because there's actually, you know, battles and warriors and things out there, you know, and then they kind of try out their skills and then they come back and then they train again. You know, it's the same kind of thing. We come to this room to train, to practice making peace, to practice being present, to practice being open and soft and to receive, yeah? to be in the moment. And then we go into our lives and we'll kind of get a little rattled, we'll get battered, we'll get a little lost, we'll forget. And then we come back here and it's like, oh yeah, and then you kind of remember. And you go back and you come back and you go back and forth. And eventually it starts to bleed together. That all the work that you'll be doing in here will also start to slowly change and transform and turn on your life and start to bring that wakefulness into your life. You won't feel the need to escape as much. You won't feel depressed or anxious as much. You'll start to really feel like everything is okay. I'm okay. I know how to deal with myself, so I know how to deal with the world. Yeah, those two things come together. But it does require us to keep up with the practice to do it. Yeah? 
So I promise that when you leave here today, you're going to feel better than you did when you came in. That's my job. I take that seriously, that you'll really make a good experience in this room. But it's also your job to whether try practicing this a little bit outside of this room or at least to keep coming back to this room, to really find a way to keep practicing that skill of being present, being open, receiving, making peace again and again and again, training that muscle, creating new karma that instead of spinning, it's a new karma that starts to stop. It's a new karma of being, yeah, human beings. Yeah, so we're lost in the human all day long. So we're here to practice the being, that state of being, just being with whatever's going on. Yeah, so I'm going to lead us in a guided meditation. Um, so even if you've never meditated before, no problem. You'll, I'll kind of bring you along. And I'll take you kind of into a deep place, and then I'm going to drop you off there. Yeah, and then you're going to notice that suddenly I'm not talking anymore, and then you're going to be thinking, and things are going to be moving up, and you'll be moving. And each time that you notice, okay, now, now it's me and my mind. It's me and myself right now. Yeah, when you're in that place, continue just relaxing. Continue opening, making peace. Don't think you're doing it wrong. Yeah, if you're thinking, you're never doing it wrong. Yeah. It's really about just starting to be present with the mind, not needing to run away, not needing to distract, not needing to compensate, breathing things in, feeling how you're feeling, seeing where your thoughts keep going, understanding why, yeah? And then just coming back and breathing and relaxing. And it's like a, a cleansing, it's a cleaning. Like you, it's like you have a dirty piece of cloth and you clean it in a bucket or something. You rub it, rub it, rub it, and the dirt comes out, you know? It's like that, the mind is gonna be rubbing and rubbing. And the more that you can just let that stuff go, let that stuff go, let that stuff go, the more it starts to get cleaned out of your consciousness. Yeah, you start to declutter. It's like a consciousness decluttering. Yeah, and if we've never meditated before, it could be that we have a lot of clutter in our minds. Yeah, but that's the path, that's the process. And we just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And the mind starts to learn and it starts to settle down and it starts to be at peace in the present moment, in this presence. Okay? Any questions to that? It's okay.